Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Oh, what a day to be alive and to love sports. Josh McCown coming in a half hour on the Goodyear Hotline. I am Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, and it is a big day in a lot of ways. Uh, very quick aside, uh, because I always mention that we're on ESPN Radio, coast to coast, because that is just sort of in my DNA. I've been a radio talk show host for most of the last 30 years. But I want to also remind everybody that this show is on ESPN Plus every single day. You can watch anytime you want. And today is the third anniversary of the launch of ESPN Plus. We're all saying happy birthday to ESPN Plus. Three years of hat tricks and three-pointers and 30 for 30s and so much more. And we invite you to celebrate with us today by streaming your favorite live sports and originals and documentaries on ESPN Plus. They include... My show, Better Days, which I'm so thrilled that people seem really to like. It's spelled a B-E-T-T-O-R, Days. We did our first season last year. There were four episodes. They're up there right now. We have shot season two. I believe it's coming up. The, the end of the spring was the last I was told that we think we'll have it ready to go. And um, we have eight episodes ready to go then. So I'm super proud of that and super proud to have this show on ESPN Plus and to have better days there and so much more to come. We thank you for joining us these past three years. And another reminder, if you don't have ESPN Plus yet, this is the time to join the party. You can sign up now at ESPNplus.com. There are so many different things you'll find there in, in addition to all of the live sports. But if you were a golf fan, then it was a must over the weekend with all the different coverage they gave you of uh, following some groups and following in certain spots with different holes and all the rest of that ESPN plus if you're a sports fan it's a must and so a happy birthday and congratulations to everybody at ESPN plus on three terrific years and many more meanwhile the Masters is where I get the biggest winner of the weekend I told you the biggest winner of the weekend was easy to identify and by far it's Hideki Matsuyama and not only for the reason that you already know he won a green jacket that is the uh, fulfilling a life ambition of of anyone who dreams of playing golf Frankly, it remains my dream. I'll grant you it's unlikely. I'm very unlikely to ever win the Masters. I sure would like it. But he gets to do that, and he wins over $2 million for winning the Masters. But here's what I meant when I said he's the biggest winner of the weekend. That $2 million might soon be something that he winds up dropping into the cushions of a couch. Bob Dorfman, who was a sports marketing expert at Baker Street Advertising, says, quote, a master's win is easily worth $600 million for Matsuyama. He'll be an icon, Bob says, in his golf-mad country. And, and if you watched the telecast yesterday, they made a very big deal of how big a deal this is going to be in Japan. And what you may not realize is that on planet Earth, the country that has the most golf courses is the United States, and second is Japan. They love golf in Japan, and that's not a particularly big country. There are far, far, far larger countries that have fewer golf courses than Japan. So they love the sport there, and the opportunity for Matsuyama to win, I, I think not only in, just in Japan, but in so many places in the world, this will, be a, this will be, have a Tiger-esque kind of effect on a lot of people. Not here. It won't have anywhere near that impact in the United States. But around the world, it will. And so, again, the point is being made that they think that win might be worth $600 million in the long run to him. The win could be worth $20 million a year off the course and could last 30 years because of the long shelf life of golfers as pitchmen. The bottom line is, until the end of time, he will always be 
the first Japanese player to win the Masters. And that will always be something that has enormous value. So good for him. He is clearly the big winner of the weekend. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, small business protection for more than vehicles with insurance expertise to keep your company moving forward. Much more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. All right, question of the day. I, I have people asking me all the time, what's wrong with the NBA? What, what's going on in the NBA? It just feels like everything is not quite right. And that's probably right. And there are a number of reasons for it. But I think the biggest problem they have right now is one that I have not heard anybody mention. We talk about a lot of other things, the jam-packed, compressed schedule, all the injuries, all that kind of stuff. I totally get it. That, that the sport seems to be, the presentation of the sport seems, in a lot of people's opinion, to be more impacted by not having the fans than others. Like in a football game, you watch a football game, you barely even notice the fans aren't there. But the NBA, for the longest time, you notice it. The NBA, the fans are right on top of the action. They feel more a part of it than they do in any of the other major sports. So maybe it's that. There's any number of different reasons people will attach to the ebb and flow that all these sports go through. And if right now they are indeed in an ebb, what is the reason? I'll tell you the one that I think is the biggest reason, and no one is talking about it. The games are never close. I said to Hembo, is it me or does it feel like every game in the NBA is a blowout? And so we looked it up. This is through Saturday. So this is a stat as of yesterday. It does not include yesterday's games. What percentage of the games in the NBA this year? Bubba, let me ask it to you. Uh, Bubba, or actually, let me do Nuno here on this. We haven't said hello to hashtag Nuno today. And hashtag Nuno is as passionate an NBA fan as anyone I know. And is excited this year because the Knicks actually have a team. And it's been a long time since we could say that. So Nuno is into it. What percentage of games this season in the NBA do you believe have been decided by double digits? What percentage? I would say about 35. 53%. More often than not, Nuno, 53% of the games have been decided by double digits. That is the highest percentage in a single season since 1950. That's 70 years, 70 years since the games have been this one-sided. If you're thinking to yourself, is every game a blowout? Yes. In unprecedented fashion, 70 years. In fact, it gets much, much worse. Listen to this. I, I called Hembo when I said, I need you to confirm this. Because if I'm reading this correctly, the stat that you sent me, it seems impossible to believe. But no, no, listen to this. Of the five days in history in which the average margin of victory was the biggest, meaning the most blowouts. So any individual day, I want to make sure I set this up clearly. Pick every single day, going back, what? how long have they been a league now? 70, 80 years? However long there has been an NBA, 80 years. Every single day in which games have been played. If you look at the average margin of victory on that day, the one that has had the most blowouts, the top five, the five days in NBA history in which the margins have been the greatest, of the five in history, three of them have come in the past week. Three times in the past week. Three of five all time. The league has been around for 80 years. Let me give you the exact numbers on this, because I was so astonished by this that I felt the need to look it up and make sure that, that I wasn't just crazy and completely out of it. Because it is outrageous. I'll get you the numbers here. Hembo sent it to me. I'll get you the very specific numbers on this in a minute. But Nuno, that to me 
is something that I don't hear enough of. I hear people talking about this, that, and the other when it comes to the NBA. And you are, I, God bless you, you are one, and I am too, who's sitting and watching the games every single night. But there is no question that the margin of victory, the blowout factor, has become something that you cannot ignore in the sport right this minute. Yeah, I think they've become, there's a lot of games that have become unwatchable, unwatchable, and I think part of it is the fact of the way it's played, right? And yesterday, I think, was an outlier because there was a bunch of close games, uh, except for like that Celtics-Nuggets game where the Neg- Nuggets, who are a good team, only scores eight points in the fourth quarter. Right. Um, and I did this old man thing today that Devin jumped down my throat for is the Smiles Bridges dunk, right? Yeah. Everyone's going crazy over it. Guess what? They lost the game. Right. Well, like, I think there's so, I think they have a few problems, and that might be one of them. The single biggest margin of victory dates in NBA history, the five days in which the margin of victory has been the highest. I'm just going to read you the dates. April 3rd, 2021, April 2nd, 2021, March 30th, 2000, December 18th, 1971, and April 10th, 2021. That's the five days. The margin of victory, the average margin of victory in the NBA on April 3rd, 2021 was 24 points. The average game was decided by 24 points. You're looking for the problem? That's the problem. What's the solution? I don't know. But clearly there's a problem. And by the way, as of today, it is not the only problem they have. We will get into that coming up in just a moment. You probably know what I'm referring to. I will give you my thoughts on it in just a moment. Plus, another day, another replay controversy in baseball. But this time, I think everybody has it wrong. That's next. You're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. 
All right, I'm Greeny. Josh McCown will jump in here in a few minutes. We're talking quarterbacks, NFL draft two and a half weeks ago. Hey, there's another issue for the NBA that came up today that I will get to in just a moment. But first, mine is that sort of rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until long after it's time. The genius, you said? Your genius. He's genius, eh? We're not going to appreciate your brilliance until you're gone. Brilliant. That's right, Charles. And, and as Charles well knows, that part of the burden of this level of genius is that sometimes I say things that are going to make everybody mad at me. And I think this is going to be one of those times. So I told you last week, instant replay in sports is a good thing, not a bad thing, unequivocally in all circumstances. The problem is not the use of technology to correct egregious errors. The problem is we've allowed instant replay to become more than that. And so when we had that incident in the game last week between the Mets and the Marlins and Michael Conforto's elbow and everything else, it was a perfect example of us saying that, well, certain things aren't reviewable. That's nonsense. Coaches' challenges, managers' challenges, not reviewable. That's nonsense. You're overcomplicating something simple. Instant replay is simple. Use technology to correct egregious mistakes. That one could have been corrected easily. And so could the call at the end of the NFC Championship game between the Saints and Rams a few years ago. And so could, who was the the perfect game that got lost, um, the pitcher who lost a perfect game on an easy call at first base? Who was it? Armando Galarraga. Amar, uh, maybe, I, yes, that one. All of these. I don't think that's the one I'm thinking of, but it doesn't make any difference. All of these things that could easily be corrected should be corrected. We call it instant replay and we've made it into something much more complicated. Well, now we got this play at the plate yesterday. The game was nationally televised. It was on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. Top of nine in a tie game, Braves and Phillies. Alec Bohm is on third for the Phillies. A fly ball to shallow left field, I might add. I mean, the idea of tagging on this was somewhat startling to me. That's one of the shortest sack flies you'll ever see in baseball. But whatever. There's a, a fly ball to shallow left field. Alec Bohm is tagging. Throw beats him by about two steps, and he's called safe. He dives into the plate. It does not appear he's tagged. He sort of makes a, a nice little move to try and avoid the tag, and the Phils win by that run, 7-6. The problem is it does not appear that Alec Bohm ever actually touched the plate. It, it appears pretty clear that he doesn't touch the plate, and so the world loses their mind. They go to replay, replay, does not overturn the call. Everybody loses their mind. I wake up this morning, that's trending. What is the point of having replay, blah, blah, blah. Here's the part where I'm going to make you mad at me. Are you ready for this? I agree with the decision. I have a one-look rule. If you need to look at it more than once, the call stands. As I sit here today, I'm telling you that one is too close. Do I think... That Alec Bohm missed the plate? Yes. If I had to bet an amount of money on it that mattered to me, and it could be 100% concluded, would I bet he missed the plate? Absolutely. But if we're going to use the standard of proof that I'm talking about, which is to say, as they say in a criminal proceeding in court, beyond the shadow of a doubt, would I be willing to send a person to jail for life, that level of certainty that he doesn't touch the plate? The answer is no. I've watched that thing this morning in the car 50 times, 50 times, I think he misses the plate. 
I'm not certain enough. And so I have no issue with them saying, you know what? This doesn't meet the standard. Now, the problem is the inconsistency. The problem is three-quarters of the time that call will get overturned. That's the problem. So I'm not disagreeing with the fact that there was cause for consternation. But what I am saying is that call, I understand them not overturning it because while I definitely think he missed the plate, I can't say it with 100% certainty. Bubba, you've seen the play. Do you agree with me or disagree with me? Uh, I mean, I do like your one-look rule. I would agree with that. Do you think this satisfied the criteria of one look? Do you think, in your mind, would you be willing to sentence a person to life in prison, that level of certainty, that he misses the plate? I would not, no. Me neither. That's my point. And the play last week, you would. Right? The play last week, you would. It was that certain. There was no Correct. doubt about it. The play in the New Orleans uh, Rams uh, NFC, no question. Yep. Nothing to talk Definitely. about. The Derek Jeter home run that got stolen by the kid. What was his name? Um, what's the name of the kid who Jeffrey caught the Jeffrey Mayer. Jeffrey Mayer. Uh, no doubter. No doubter. We overturned those. That's what instant replay is for. That's where we're getting it wrong. But in this case, and I know it's going to make a lot of people mad at me, I actually don't have an issue with the call not getting overturned. All right, let me get one more thing in here. The scoop. Let me get a scoop in here. So you may have seen by now Kyrie Irving is not playing tonight. Let me read you the story as I have it here so I give it to you very specifically. Kyrie Irving will not play in the Brooklyn Nets game against the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight. He is out due to personal reasons. The Nets will also be without blah, blah, blah. Kyrie Irving has already missed several games for the Nets this year. He's played in 38 of their 53 games. He has missed four games for injury maintenance. He also missed two weeks in January for personal reasons. During that time, he also broke the league's coronavirus health and safety protocols. This is a complicated one. Personal reasons always make me very hesitant to be overly critical because we don't know what's going on. And what I don't want to do is offer some extremely critical assessment of this and then find out that there is a serious illness amongst someone in his family or something else. So I'm, I'm going to be, I feel a need to be very measured in what I say about this because that can mean a lot of different things despite the fact that he's done it before, despite the fact that he just needed a few weeks to get his head together, which I do not think is becoming of a professional athlete. In this particular case, maybe there is something going on that we don't know about. And if indeed that is the case, then I would not want to have said something highly critical. But there are a few things that I do think need to be said about this. And you know what? As I look at the clock, I don't have the time to say that. Let me take a quick break on that thought. I will come back and I will share my views on this because I think it's an incredibly important piece of the story today. So we will do that next. Plus, Josh McCown will join me with the very latest on quarterback stuff all over the National Football League. Busy we are on this Monday. Glad that you are here. And we will do all of that after this word from 303 Products. So let me ask you this. Have you ever seen a vehicle at a stoplight or a parking lot that just seems to stand out because of its deep mirror-like paint that's just gorgeous, and you're thinking, well, I don't have the money or the time to spend to do that to my own vehicle? Well, think again. Yes, you do. With new 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating, that's a revolutionary new product that provides that same level of protection and shine that you get from professional detail, but you can do it yourself in your own garage. All you do is you spray it on, you let it haze, you buff it off. It couldn't be easier. And you get up to a year of paint protection in addition to the kind of jaw-dropping depth and gloss that we're talking about that'll have everybody admiring your ride the next time you drive. 
It helps repel dust and reduce water spotting and keep it looking cleaner between washes. You can use it on your car's glass and wheels and trim, too. It's available now at Advance Auto Parts and Pep Boys locations nationwide. You can learn more by visiting 303radio.com. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, Greeny. It's so busy here today. I'm delighted that you are with me as I come to you live as every day from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. I will get to the Kyrie stuff in just a couple of minutes because I think there's a lot of important things to be said there, but I do not want to keep this gentleman waiting. He's one of my absolute favorites. He has a great future as an NFL analyst that he just continues to not want to take advantage of because he either wants to be a player now and think he's going to become a coach. Who knows? He's going to miss out on the an, an extraordinary opportunity to be the next Mike Greenberg. He is the one and only Josh McCown who joins me on the Goodyear Hotline. Hello, Josh. Hello. That That is so flattering, the next Mike Greenberg. Well, yes. I mean, you know, you're going to wind up being like a, a – and I meant that as – I hope it came out funny because obviously anyone in their right minds would rather play in the NFL than be me or be a coach in the NFL than be me. And for some – for that was – what I meant by that was the humorous way of saying that you could have met, you could have had my job in 10 minutes if you had decided to stay here and you chose to go back. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, had I, if I could do your job as good as you do it, maybe I would consider that. But I think I'm a long ways away from that. Um, so football is a little bit easier for me. Playing or coaching or some version of that um, is probably fits me better right now. But you never know. Um, and I uh, always enjoy hopping on with you. Well, let's put it this way. You would do my job a heck of a lot better than I would do yours. Let, let's, let's analyze that a minute. If, if you had to sit between Orlovsky and Spears and sort of, you know, like mediate that debate or – if the alternative is to have a 245-pound defensive end who runs a 4-6, put his helmet directly into your ribs and still throw a ball 20 yards into a 4-by-4-inch box, I, I have a feeling I would do that much, much, much worse than you would do the first job. That's true. And I'm in more of an indictment of Orlowski and Spears. I would rather get hit by that guy than sit in between those two dudes. I promise you. Very well played. See, I'm telling everybody this guy would be an outstanding analyst, but he's got too many other more important things to do. Okay, enough of this nonsense. I I want to read you some quotes that I just got. 
So uh, I, I know that you and Sam Darnold have a really nice relationship. You were there as his, for lack of a better word, mentor when he first got to New York. And we all saw how the thing turned out. And I was just reading these quotes this morning. So he's meeting with the media in Carolina today for the first time. But he said this. I imagined I was going to be the franchise quarterback of the New York Jets for a long time. And once you realize that the team that drafted you is moving on, it stings a little bit. To go from being unwanted to being wanted is huge. Getting that news that you're going to be traded of a team saying, hey, we didn't want you for whatever reason is hard. But right now I feel great about it. I'm excited to get here and get started. I I just would like whatever perspective you want to share on just all the stuff. I've ranted and raved about it here enough. Your thoughts on on the stuff that happened with Sam and the opportunity he has in front of him now in Carolina. Well, I just believe um, the situation that he came into in New York was not – it's, it's great for Zach Wilson or whoever they pick at number two because it's a new head coach. It's a GM that's been there, and they've started to turn over the roster and build it, and they're all going to go together. Um, that's that's a better situation. I think the situation he came into in, in New York was with a head coach that was trying to win to save him job, his job and Coach Bowles, and then the GM turnover. And so it was just uh, an inconsistent situation, which I believe led to inconsistent play by Sam. He's going down to Carolina, uh, new ownership, a new head coach, all those things I just said, a good coordinator in Joe Brady. So I think it's going to give him a better, more consistent foundation to put his best foot forward. Because a young quarterback, I mean, you could explain this far better than almost anyone, how critical that is. The the situation that these guys walk into, and and it applies to all of the rookies in this year's class, the situation whether you're Trevor Lawrence, the most highly touted guy in the world, or a guy who's picked in the sixth round, or whatever it might be, the situation that you walk into is going to play a huge role in determining this, yes? No doubt about it. We have 22 people on the field every play. So the variables, the human variables that can happen. And on the offensive side of the ball, there's one guy that's depending on 10 other people to do their jobs and do it well, and that's the quarterback. And then you take that further into an organization and from the top down and all those variables that can happen. And that's what leads us to this draft that we're going, why can't we, why is it an exact science? Why can't we just pick Trevor Lawrence and push play or pick Zach Wilson or Justin Fields and push play and, they, and they're just as good as they were in college because it's not an exact science. And so I would say like the, the clip you played of, of Keyshawn, he's, he's looking at Zach and he's saying, well, you know, you take this guy as a one-year wonder. When have we had this guy do this? And when have we had a guy play 10 years later and all that stuff? And for every one of those examples, you can flip it and find somebody different that, that are a different example. And that's the beauty of the variables of it. So it's not an exact science. And I think it's reflected in Sam's situation that three years ago, he was Zach Wilson. He was the guy that was the hot prop that was that, that could make all the throws that had the tremendous upside. And yet here we are three years later talking about a new team. So it, it, as your colleague Jeremy Shep put it very well the other day on Outside the Lines in his monologue, it's a crapshoot. The mm-hmm. very scientific term of it's a crapshoot. It's tough, and we study these things, and we study, and we want to get it right. But the reality is there's so many variables that your best chance is to set the table as best you can. And I believe that's what the Jets have done. Your Jets have done. They set the table the best they can so that hopefully their young quarterback, whoever they pick, can have a chance to put his best foot forward. You know, having given this a lot of thought, Josh McCown is with me here, and he's just outstanding. The, the, the thought that I have had, because I'm hosting the draft this year, so I'm, I'm paying much closer attention to all these players than I normally would. And what I've realized is inarguable. All of the quarterbacks who are going to be drafted high this year are good enough. They all have the talent. They have the ability. They've, they've shown it. They've demonstrated it. And some of them have certain strengths relative to others. But all of them are good enough. Every one of them, if put in the right situation, can succeed, right? So it really is about, about how, 
about not only about the who's around them, but on going to a place where the system is going to uh, enhance what they do well. It's going to it's going to diminish what they don't do well. The situation all of them are drafted into will determine it, and we will give up on guys much too fast today if it doesn't work out. No doubt, I think I think the ability to let a guy develop and let him grow and, and create some consistency around him as he goes. I mean. You know, you look at Sam, he, he's in one year and then he changes systems. So that next offseason, he's walking to the line of scrimmage in OTAs when he should be getting better at playing quarterback. He's thinking about what we call things. He's thinking about language versus process and what we're doing. And so that's huge in quarterback development. So these groups that, that there's going to be some longevity there, there's going to be some carryover with the coordinator. You're giving your young quarterback a better chance to be successful because when he goes into year two, hopefully year three, He's carrying the same terminology, and so he's attacking that offseason, getting better at playing position, not at what, what are we calling uh, this play this year, what are we calling a go route this year, what are we calling a dig route this year, all those things that can cloud the brain, he can now focus on actually getting better at playing position. So I think that's the goal of every organization is to, is to create stability in front of the quarterback and then drop him into that situation. Josh McCown is with me on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. Uh, another I think interesting debate that's come up on the TV show lately is whether or not in the way the foot, the game of football is played today, a quarterback having the level of athleticism to make quote unquote, make plays with his legs is a necessity. So you're a great athlete. Many may not know this, but Josh McCown and your young, I mean, you were a great basketball player, all, all of that stuff. When you came into the league, that was an afterthought. That was okay. It's nice that he can do that, but it's not really important. Is it now so important that it is actually a prerequisite to play the position successfully? Well, it, it will be until Tom Brady stops winning Super Bowls. <laughs> but because we have a 43-year-old guy standing back there winning the Super Bowl, then I think it still speaks to the ability. It's physics. The, the, way to, to, the fastest way to move a football is to throw it from point A to point B and do that accurately. So that will always, always forever, in my mind, be a premium. Now, if you can do that, and you can add the ability to escape and to take some pressure off the play caller so that he's, if he's not right all the time, you can move around, you can, you can uh, make all kinds of throws and all that. That's a, that's a bonus to me, and that's, that's what you get with Patrick Mahomes. I think that's the beauty in you have a genius play caller and, and, and uh, offensive constructor and, and Andy Reid. You drop a, a player like Patrick Mahomes into that system. Like take, take Alex Smith, who's a terrific player, very accurate player. Took them a certain to a certain uh, point, AFC Championship, but you then you move to Patrick Mahomes and you take it to another level. So I think that's where you see the mobility come in. But I will always say accuracy is a premium, and and you use me as a reference point. Early in my career, run around you know like a chicken with my head cut off, trying to make plays with my feet. Figured out as my accuracy got better, figured out it was better to stand in there and make throws, and that's ultimately what helped me play longer. So I, I think there's a premium, and that's why you see a guy like Matt Jones sitting where in the position that he is because they go, okay, he can we, – we watch the tape and we say he can throw it from A to B and be accurate doing so. Now, that said, I think all these guys at the top of the draft, whether it's Lawrence, Fields, Wilson, Jones, um, Lance, I think they can all do that at a certain level, but then there's degrees of their athletic ability that get you excited about, uh, you know, the things that they can do. So, um, so that will always be – probably right behind the accuracy pieces is somebody's going to say, well, at least he could get me out of trouble. But but standing back there delivering throws, you have to do that because this league is too fast. 
the, the defenders are too fast and they're eventually going to corral you. You see that a little bit with Lamar where he's, he's an unbelievable talent. But I think as he continues to grow, if they continue to develop him as a passer, he's going to be even more electric because he's going to make plays from the pocket. Josh McCown is with me here. It is always such a pleasure to catch up with you. What are you thinking these days? What, what are your plans? You, you, your name came up in these coaching searches and all that kind of stuff, and any team would be insane not to hire you if they could. And, and you probably still could continue to play, and you know that I'm dying to have you sitting next to me as soon as we can start doing that again. What, what are the McCown plans in, in, the, in the short and long-term future? Oh man, right now just focused on my family and yeah. uh and just being home. Um, you know, just flattered to to be in some of the coaching conversations for sure. Um that you, you said it the phone rang a few times when free agency hit about about playing and it was and so very thankful to still have that option. But um but right now, uh my oldest son will be a senior. My oldest uh, daughter is a senior in college and we've just got a lot of family things happening right now that I want to be a part of and uh, and so we're just kind of thinking through and praying through those things as we go. Um, but, uh, but it's always fun to sit up there with you guys as well. Uh, I know this. I love the game of football. And so I want to be involved in that in some way, shape, or form, whether it's sitting next to you talking about it or, or being around the team and helping guys chase their dream uh, because that's what it's about. And, uh, and being a part of a team, I tell people, you know, it's fun to just get together and try to go accomplish something. And, and whether you're sitting in a production meeting at ESPN, you're doing that before a show. That's, that was the one thing I learned being with you guys is that you're, you're, you're a little mini team there happening, you know, in real time where you're going to try to go nail a show. And so I just enjoy that. I just enjoy being part of, of something that you're going to go try to accomplish something else. And, uh, and so that's what I'll be seeking to do in the future. Right now that team for me is my family. I'll just be focused on them. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good perspective to have, and there's plenty of time to make all the other decisions you want to when, when there is more of that free time in your life. But wherever you are, I'll be rooting for you. And as I say, there's always a chair next to me that is, that is available for you anytime you want it. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, Greeny. All right, take care. That's Josh McCown, who is just great. I mean, he's just great. And when he came up here, and, and you know, he, he, he's a, a guy has such interesting perspective and has been around so long and, and done so much of it on the field and, and eventually will do it. He will be a coach somewhere, someday. That, I think, is a lock. It's just a question of when he decides to do it. And in the interim, if he wants to have a little mother career as an analyst, he will do extremely well in that. So really good and really interesting there and, and a good guy to talk to. All right, let me get back. The Scoop. Let me get back to the previous thing here, and that is that the announcement that Kyrie Irving is not going to play tonight because of personal reasons. And if you're just joining me here, I mentioned a few minutes ago, I'm always very hesitant about what I say in response to that, because personal reasons can mean a lot of things. And if there is an illness, if he's tending to someone who desperately needs him, if there's something going on that they just don't want to announce, that's perfectly understandable. And those things do happen. And so I need to preface anything I say with that. And so I will make my comments here a little bit more general. But one of the real problems that we have right now, and I have been yelling and screaming about this for a long time, is the way we have allowed the the, the players in the NBA have sent too many signals to their fans that these games don't mean that much. And that is a real problem. Like, you cannot try and make me invest myself into this game, buy a ticket, pay a bunch of money to go watch it, or even invest the time to watch it on television. If you are telling me through your actions, it doesn't really matter that much. 
So someone sent me a clip of something. They, they were talking this morning, the guys who, who do the, the morning show in New York City. I'm going to play it for you. It's two different voices you'll hear. The first is Rick DiPietro, who was a terrific hockey player in his day, and he talks about this from the standpoint of a player. And then Dave Rothenberg, who is the host of the show, he does kind of what I do, and he talks about it as a fan. I just want you to hear the way they approach this. It can frustrate you, but I think as as a teammate, like there are certain teammates that you understand that there's going to be some baggage that comes along with them. And if you accommodate that baggage, the level of play when they're on the ice, the field, or the court makes it worth it. I think it probably is worth it. I mean, if you have him healthy for the postseason, I mean, first of all, you're going to probably win the game tonight against Minnesota anyway. And if he plays or he doesn't play or you're the two-seed or the three-seed or the four-seed, does it really ultimately matter as long as he's there in the postseason? So I didn't hear the entirety of the conversation conversation but they sent me that part so let me say with Rick DiPietro I completely agree what he's saying is clear and obvious if you're a player on that team all right what the heck you may or may not be annoyed that he's not playing tonight but all that matters to you is winning a championship and he is so in unimaginably talented that he is obviously worth putting up with whatever you have to put up with if he's going to be there at the end when it really matters but what Dave said I think is actually more important because he finished it by saying, does it really make any difference? And I am, if, if I'm going to be the last one on this hill, I'm going to do it. But the answer to that question has to be yes. It has to make a difference. These games have to matter. We can't just say it doesn't make any difference what happens in this game on April 12th, Monday, April 12th against Minnesota. Because you can't have a league like that. You can't say the games don't matter. Because if you're telling your fans that, that's the biggest fear you have. Is that the fa- That's a fan. Dave is a fan. He's like me. He's not a former player. If you're going to make him think, well, it doesn't really matter, then what are we doing it for? If, there were, if, you, if you can't make the games matter, then they have too many games. I've been saying that forever. Again, if he has some very serious thing going on in his life of which we do not know, then fine. That, 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 then, then this does not apply to this situation. But the point remains, you cannot send a message to your fans that the games don't matter. I know this is a unique year. I know the games are coming back-to-back fast and furious. I know there are any number of things going on in the world, including but not limited to the pandemic, that are making this very hard on everyone. But at the end of the day, being a professional athlete is an unbelievable job. You get paid tens of millions of dollars to do it. And there are some expectations that come with that. To whom much is given, of whom much is expected. And at the end of the day, if you're healthy, you've got to play. You've got to be in these games. If you want people to watch them on television, if you want people to come to the arenas, if you want to to give the impression that they matter, you've got to play. I don't care how hard it is. If you have other problems, then address those. Deal with them. Get help. There is ample help available. No one knows more about that than I do. I'm t- I've told you that a million times. I sympathize. I am an ally of people who are struggling in any number of different ways with mental health. And I'm, here to, I'm, a, a per, I'm a living example of how those things can be managed. So I totally respect that. But at the end of the day, the superstars have to play. If the superstars don't play, we have a huge problem. And that is one of the many issues that we are seeing in the sport right now.
That's as far as I'm willing to go with it in, in this circumstance. Because, again, this may be a situation. Maybe we will find out that there is something more going on here than we are aware of. And if that is the case, then obviously what I just said is not applicable to this particular situation. But the point does remain. Greeny with you and a quick word from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop by. All right, it was a fun day today. Thank you, everybody. Again, congratulations, Hideki Matsuyama, Masters champion, um, in a win that is going to resonate all around the world. Have some fun today, and I'll see you back in Better Than Ever tomorrow right here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.